I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah! How about that, Sleek? You know what's the funniest thing? I haven't thought about the restaurant chain Rubens in at least 30 years until Chris mentioned it right there. And on top of that, I have a Rubens story that we can get into. Do you, do you remember Rubens? Do you remember that being no. a thing? No. Was that just here in L.A. or was that everywhere? I'm not sure. They were, uh-huh. they were here in L.A. for sure. They were kind of – what it basically was, to just kind of give you an idea for maybe people that don't remember or don't know, it was like Coco's, the coffee shop, you know, only yeah. it had kind of a nightclub-y vibe to it. It was like Rubens, or it was like Coco's, but it also sure. like had a dance floor and music and a bar. It was kind of a, an interesting idea. What a weird thing that that didn't survive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to go get every time like a- I go to Coco's, one of the things I always say to myself is, if they only had a dance floor... <laughs> And some and where you scroll blights. And go to meet somebody. You know, you could get you could get two eggs over easy, bacon, and go meet your soulmate. You know, it was a per- and, and dance a little bit. It was it was a perfect place to go. Where'd you so, guys meet? Uh, we met at Coco's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We met not, at Coco's. But not Coco's. It was the Rubens side. of and, and more often than not, they were literally right next to each other, and there was a hallway. that the, Maybe I'm just projecting this because this is the one in Arcadia <laughs> that I grew up near. There, the Coco's was like here, right? And then the Rubens was right next to it. And there was this creepy hallway that connected the two. It was very, very strange. Here's a quick story. I had no intention of telling this, but thank you, Chris, for reminding me. We had this weird, weird substitute teacher in high school okay. named Mr. Dietrich. And he, but he was kind of like the regular. He would fill in in everybody's class. So if anybody's out, Mr. Dietrich was always on campus. And he was kind of like a, a a holdover from the 70s. He had like the 70s hair and the 70s yeah. vibe. And just everything about him was very 70s oriented. And it's it's the 80s, so it's not super weird, but a little weird. And we're just he's just holding court in class one day, never getting anything done. And somebody says to him, hey, uh, Mr. Dietrich, like, so, like, what do you like to do when you're not teaching? He nods his head a little bit and he says, me? I like to go to Rubens. <laughs> So that's I've always pictured Rubens as a place full of nothing but creepy substitute teachers from Arcadia in the 1980s. So that's uh, that's the this, Rubens story for the day. There's uh, maybe there's some office space available somewhere in Southern California. There's a resurgence of Rubens. Yeah, hey, look, it's it's an idea that there was maybe a little before its time. I think we yeah. bring it back. The Coco's with a nightclub. Let's uh, let's make it happen. How was your weekend, Al? Weekend was good. Weekend was good. I, you know, I mentioned this when we were when we were chatting, and it's kind of the funny thing. I'm I'm trying to, trying to watch the Olympics. Like I really am. Like I'm I'm kind of finding myself. By the way, I'm not even forcing myself to. It's like okay, hey, let's see what's going on. There's a little bit of interest in the beginning. Trying to figure out is there an event that's going to catch me. So I did a little bit of that this weekend. Um, not that much caught me. Got to be honest with you. It's, you don't have to convince me. I think I saw. I you. <laughs> what did I see? And, 
you know, obviously NBC is holding it. Mm-hmm. I think it was down. It's a 33-year low, and I want to say that was after the opening night in um, in viewership for the Olympics. Does it kind of? I, I don't know about you, but it kind of feels that way. Maybe this has to do. This is kind of similar to this. Just look at last season. The Lakers win the. Uh, the, the Orlando the bubble. playoff, the bubble, all that stuff. NBA Finals were – the ratings were awful, and there's mm-hmm. a reason why it was, and there's a lot of things to point at. Trav, I, I, I think it kind of still falls along the same lines of fans being there, and there's not For that sure. much energy. I mean, I, I think that, that has something to do with it as well. It's going to be hard to get people fired up for fencing and taekwondo and canoe slalom if there aren't people there that seem excited about it. If it's done in a vacuum, it's not – to your point – it's hard to not watch the Olympics right now because they're on like 11 different channels. You turn on your TV and you're going to hit some badminton. It's impossible. You're going to see some table tennis. It's impossible not to run into this stuff. But, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit. I had uh, had an interesting moment, Al. You ready? What do you got? So uh, Susan and I went to a party on Saturday. It was uh, friends of hers were celebrating their 30th wedding anniversary. And they had this beautiful party in their backyard, live music and Nice wines. It was just it was a it was a really really nice party, and there was a taco guy. So I see the guy setting up beforehand, and I said to him, I went over and said, "Hey, this looks great. Uh, you know, no, we're, nobody's eating yet. We're just we're just getting set." I said, "How so? How long are you guys planning on being here?" Tonight? So wait, just just so I see. <laughs> taco guy is there. Uh huh. Um, getting set up. You getting set up, and yeah. you have a side conversation with the taco guy. Yes. Interesting. Okay. All right, so, so you but, leave. You leave your wife. Yeah, you leave the friends. You well, leave I didn't all have that. to leave very because she. She. This was her party, right? This is her group yeah. of friends. I. I literally think I knew two or three people at this whole party, and there had to completely be a people there. Completely understand, but I just yeah. want to kind of get it right because that's never kind of dawned in my mind that I'm at a event or a party, yeah. uh-huh. and it's not like the food is being served and you're in not line, yet. and that you have a side conversation. Yes behind the truck or something along those lines. It almost kind of sounds a little shady that you're no, having. I mean, we did it We did it off to the side. It wasn't right out in front of everybody. I just went over and just said, hey, um, I know you guys are just getting set up, but I'm just kind of curious. How long What's you guys the holdup? What's the holdup? <laughs> no, no, I'm, because, look, this is strategic. <laughs> I need to know how much to put on that first plate because if this is a one-time through the batting order situation, I'm going to need to make you're sure that I get yeah, enough you're guys for the fences. on base. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm going to need yeah. to look. I sent you the picture, right? I sent you the picture. I'm looking at it as we speak. It, uh, and it was it was great. They had the rice great and the spread. beans and the salsas and mm-hmm. the pickled carrots and the jalapeno. It was, it was, it was wonderful. But the guy said – Oh, no, we're going to be here, I think he said, until 8 or something like that. I said, great. Now look at my watch. It's like 5.45. I'm like, oh, this is going to go perfect. This did is you, going to be Did you trust him after your last incident? Well, I, and I said to him, I said, so so 8, like you're still here at 8 serving or you're down the road, you're peeling out at 8? And he said, no, no, we'll still have some food at 8. I said, perfect. So I got to, through the line like two and a half times, and it was, cool. it was a great way to kick off the weekend with a taco guy on a Saturday night. I almost feel like I wonder what he's thinking in his mind. Like, who's this dude <laughs> this coming guy, to me pregame? He was the boss. I thought that guy was the boss. <laughs> Why are you coming to me pregame? Let me do my thing, and doors will open at a certain time. And the fact that you got to ask, I, I'm I'm curious if uh, if he thought in his head either you're 
an absolute vet in the game or, hey, just go freaking enjoy the party. When this opens, it will open. <laughs> I think it's probably more the second thing than anything else. But let me ask you this. You and I have worked yeah. together now for a few months, and I think you're probably starting to get uh, an idea of my deals is the way that I'm getting a, a sense of your deals. Mm-hmm. Of all the things you could say about me, I don't think the one thing that anybody could ever accuse me of is being unprepared. You cannot like me. You can think that I'm stupid. You can do all these things. But I come prepared every single day. That includes attending parties with taco guys. I like to be prepared. I like to make sure that everything that I'm going to need is in its place before I need it. There's a lot of listeners that moving forward might have a side conversation with the taco guy before anything even comes out. You, you kind of have a layout there. So then you know, okay, I get X amount of cracks at the bat here. I, I It just never kind of – it's never gone through my mind that I got to have that conversation with that person <laughs> before anything starts. But I, I get the game plan. Now you know. Now you know. Travis and Slee is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. So when we were here on Friday, Al, we were coming off of Thursday night where Kenley Jansen had blown his third consecutive save, had looked really bad doing it. We had talked about Dave Roberts putting him back out there. The Dodgers then subsequently went out there and blew another one on Friday night. Only, yep. only Kenley didn't have anything to do with it. Everyone else did. Uh, I didn't even put that one on the bullpen. That one was more on the offense. Dodgers had the bases loaded, nobody out, with the score tied at 6-6 right. in the ninth inning, and didn't score. That was on and the then- offense. And and ended up after Turner walked, uh, striking yep. out the side. Yeah, it was it was terrible. Just just a terrible series of at bats right there. Yep. Kenley gets the save on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty pretty routine. He did walk one guy along the way, but whatever. And then yesterday, Joe Kelly gets the save. Joe Kelly mm-hmm. pitches the ninth inning, kind of twists his ankle in the process, but gets through it. Uh, Dodgers win two out of three. They take the lead from three games down to two. Off day today, San Francisco coming up tomorrow for another three game set, but. I don't feel that much better about them today than I did going into the weekend because the Rockies are lousy and they had to fight tooth and nail to win the two games that they did win. I think it was impossible even if they came out and blew out the Rockies in three straight games to really feel that much different because of the competition, Trav. It's one thing, even Kenley getting that save on Saturday. Nobody's walking away right now saying, oh, Phil – Feel a lot better about Kenley. I mean, that's just that's the reality of the situation. So that wasn't going to happen against the Rockies. But what you did want to see is just get W's any way you can. Uh, it, it's not like it's been pretty. Um, a couple of the games that you did win, two of the three. Obviously, you get two or three from the Rockies. It, it's they're not blowouts. So nothing's going to happen against the Rockies where you're going to feel different. Now you got this three game set coming up against the Giants. But I think you know the bigger question, Trav, is. Friday is the trade deadline for baseball. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I think you could kind of weigh this two ways. You can say that the Dodgers have to go make a move. It's a necessity. It's not a luxury. What would they be thinking if they don't go out and try to go get a closer, another starting pitch, or something along those lines? Or you can make the case that they are best set up in the NL West. They just got to have all their guys. They just got to be healthy. They just got to have all their players available and um, I, I, I would be surprised, and I, I'm, I'm sure that you know maybe you agree with this or not, but I'd be surprised if we're sitting here a week from now and they didn't add pieces to what they already have, knowing that we'll hopefully eventually be healthy as well as the season progresses. I don't know if this means anything, but it might mean something. And what I'm talking about is when you hear all the rumors, this player is thought to be going here, right? You're hearing Craig Kimbrell may go to Philadelphia or uh, you know, Chris Bryant may go to the Mets. You're hearing – 
players, specific players mentioned to specific teams. Sometimes those things come through, sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. But you're really not hearing too much about the Dodgers at all. It doesn't mean that they won't do anything, but it doesn't mean that at least they've been so aggressive out there that, you know, these reporters have sources. They talk to general managers and agents and the players and everyone else. So you would think that there would be some noise about them sniffing around if they were really, really out there aggressively and it's not coming in. But I think you're right. Here, here's the best acquisition that they're going to make isn't going out and getting Kimbrell or Scherzer, which would be great pickups, but it's getting Corey Seager back. It's getting Mookie Betts back. Mm-hmm. It's getting Cody Bellinger on track that looks something like that MVP player from a couple of years ago and not a guy that's struggling to bat a buck 50. It's getting a MVP and Cy Young Award winner back in Clayton Kershaw and not having to go out and find – you know, Jose Barrios from the Twins, who's who's a good pitcher, but just if nothing else, if you just got all of your own guys back to come through this, that's better than any trade that's out there. That's better than going out there and trying to find a guy that can pitch the eighth inning or a guy that might be able to bridge you from the sixth to the seventh. This, th- these are all-star players that are already on your team. They're just not here. But I, I think, Trav, doesn't that then make you say they already got these players? It's a matter of just when they come back. So then you don't you then go out and get I'm, I'm use this as an example. Sometimes it works both ways. If you went out and get if you went out and got and this is kind of the cream of the crop. Let's say Scherzer becomes available, Nationals are really not in the mix. Let's say Scherzer becomes available. It's not just getting Scherzer, but it's making sure also that the Padres didn't get Scherzer or the Giants didn't get Scherzer. I think that has something to do with it. Plus, you know, let's kind of say it how it is. Two months ago, you were looking at this Dodgers squad a lot differently. I don't think anybody expects Trevor Bauer to come back. I mean, I I think that would be a shock if, at this point, it would be much more of a surprise to have Trevor Bauer back than to not have him back. I think that's what's more more expected now. Well, there's another Cy Young Award winner that you're expecting not to come back, and that has nothing to do with injuries. I'm just talking, obviously, about the baseball front here. So keeping that in mind with the Dodgers, it's like they, they have this luxury that, if they just bring their guys back, they could still win the NL West and still go make a run at, at a World Series. I think the Giants and the Padres don't really feel that. Yes, you have a shot. You have, but the the Dodgers or the Padres and the Giants, you feel that you have to go make a move to really be on that level with the Dodgers. If everybody comes back, Dodgers are already coming off a World Series. I I, I don't want to say it's icing on the cake for the Dodgers, but man, if you go out and get one of these big pieces, you're also now all of a sudden grabbing a piece that could have went to one of your division, you know, one of these other NL West opponents. All right, I'm already seeing some phone calls come in. 877-710-ESPN. We'll take your Dodger phone calls as well. Plus, there is a silver lining to this. There's a whole bunch of good stuff that's going on that's kind of in the background. We'll tell you what that is next. It's Travis and Slee. It's 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It was a vest. It was a red vest, and I had a name tag that had my name on it, and then a little plastic hammer that would attach to it, letting you know I was in the uh, uh, the, the hand tool department. 
I could see you um, leaving that department. Like somebody asks you, hey, do you know where the uh, women's uh, area is? Say, Let me walk you over there. And you go over there and you start helping them with the shoes there too. Like I could see you being one, kind of have your hands on everything. Executives at Sears saying, this guy, this He's guy. He's a go-getter. He's a go-getter. I can show you a shop vac and I can get you into a nice Yvonne Goolagong dress. I remember, so you know, I'm a I'm a sports guy, right? I, I and even from the time I was a little oh, kid, I'm a sports fan, mm-hmm. and I remember they had this display because when I worked in the men's department, you know, it's it's here, and then right across the uh, aisle is the women's department, and they had all this active wear, right, for yeah. active ladies, mm-hmm. and it was this entire line of Yvonne Goolagong <laughs> active wear. Do you know who that is? No. Okay, neither did I. So no. that, okay, but I didn't know who that was either. And I remember yeah. saying, like, who in the world is Yvonne? Apparently, she was a famous Australian tennis player that uh, had her own clothing line at Sears. So you wanna you want a shop vac? I got you covered. You want Yvonne Goolagong um, leisure wear slacks? I've got you covered. Whatever. I you hope need. I hope nothing more that Sears is listening and comes in and says we gotta have Trav do live <laughs> endorsements for us. We have to. Why not? Why not? Live broadcast from Sears. Real quick, speaking of, uh, yeah. flipped on the Olympics right now. Who do you yeah. have in the Korea Taipei archery event? Because it's on right now. Uh, Korea is one of, if not um, top three teams in the country in archery. A um, little disappointing, their last run in 2016. So I think there's an incredible amount of motivation to come back this year. Uh, so I have Korea. Well, then you're going to be very disappointed because Taipei is putting it on them right now. So, so it's uh, bad news for you. There is uh, table tennis right around the corner, so we'll keep you up to speed. Do on this that throughout as well. the Olympics. Just throw me something and give me a little bit of uh, a little bit of ammo info, and I'll, I'll take it from there. <laughs> Perfect. Well, your next event is table tennis. I did. Okay. Did, did you watch any? Uh, first of all, how long do you have to watch before you stop calling it ping pong and start calling it table tennis? It's always ping pong to me. You know, can I tell you a quick funny ping pong story? And I know we got Dodger calls that are like, hey, Al, hurry up with your ping pong story. Um, So I used to uh, work at a rec center, right? So worked at a rec center four or five years, something along those lines, during high school, part of college. I think I became like a ping pong hustler. And then one time we had a Christmas event at, uh, we did it at the Standard in downtown. I don't know if you remember that. I don't know how long ago that was. Maybe seven years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to do a little ping pong tournament. What are we doing here? What are we, what are we is this did amateur clean, hour? Just clean cleaned house. Clock. Yeah, cleaned house. Everybody <laughs> stand over to the side there, okay? Who you wants this? King, you best not miss. <laughs> Who wants a piece of me on the table? Come on, let's go. Well, we'll I'll keep you up to speed. I did see we had a kid, 17 years old, going to Cal, who crushed a guy from Mongolia and then got rolled up by a guy from, I believe it was Norway. So those, the Norwegians in table tennis it goes together like peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> Isn't that kind of funny that you'll watch an event for five minutes and all of a sudden in your head you kind of start, uh, they didn't Bad do that. Shot. Exactly. You just all What's of a sudden, doing? you've never watched this event in your life. And then five minutes into watching, you're now starting to analyze it. You're starting to say, "What is this guy doing? Is this really were you you were you were really ready for the Olympics?" <laughs> That's how I felt watching Taekwondo yesterday. Terrible move. Terrible move. You can't do that. Strike quick phone call here. Let's go to uh, Huntington Beach and Paul. Paul, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up, Paul? Hey, man. So good to talk to you. It's been a while, Travis and Slee. Listen, I I think that at the end of the day. <laughs> The Dodgers just have been disjointed all year long, and this, this regime has made big splashes at the trade deadline seemingly year after year. I don't think there's ever been a year it's ever been needed more. Yes, all the guys come back, and this team is loaded, 
but I saw some crazy stat. Like, Bellinger's hitting 230 over the last 160 games he's played. I mean, at the end of the day, that becomes who you are. Yeah. You are a 230 hitter if that's what you're. If that's who you are. And Seager, I mean, I'm not going to say bad about Seager, except that it's been a long time since he's been rolling. I mean, long time last October. And coming back from injuries, this is like a thing with him. And Kershaw, man, Travis, I've called you and been a Kershaw apologist for many years. And I love the guy, first ballot, all that good stuff. Um, he's basically a number three guy at this point in the rotation, in this rotation. The Dodgers need to make a splash or they're not getting back to the World Series, it seems. By the way, um, table tennis is awesome, but I am looking forward to see socially Team USA in baseball, man. Social is going to get it done. All right, see you guys. I hope so. I, I hope that he does. I like Mike Socha a lot, and hopefully that we uh, we show up for that more than we showed up for basketball so far. We'll we'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. Let's let's kind of go through this point by point. I don't agree with the Kershaw point, Slee. I think that he's a three on this team. I don't think he's a three on most teams. I still think that Clayton Kershaw is a high level starting pitcher, and I maybe he's not touching ninety five, ninety six on the radar gun like he used to. But his experience, his intellect, and his ability to know how to pitch, I think, will lead him through that. The, the piece that he mentioned the most is the Cody Bellinger piece because he's right. This is not a, a – eh, he's on the IL for a while, and he's get, working his way back into it. That's partially true. He was bad last year. If not for a big home run in the postseason and a big catch in the postseason, it would have been a disastrous year for him. Let's go back to the year before that when he won the MVP. The first two-thirds of that season were otherworldly. He was fantastic. Since then, the last third of his MVP season, all of the abbreviated 2020 season, and all of this season, he not only has not been that MVP guy, he is significantly below major league average. Significantly below major league average. So I think that is the biggest piece of all because he's one of the few guys that's here. And he's not performing at all. And I don't know what you – I don't know if you send him down, drop him in the order, put him back on the IL to try to tinker with his swing some more. I got no answers for you, Al. Well, th- this is um, this is something I think this is going to kind of lead to part of the conversation we're having about the trade deadline. We'll throw this out to Dodger fans out there. If the Dodgers do not make a move by the trade deadline, do you still feel good? Do you still feel comfortable? Do you f- is, is the conversation, hey, we just have to be healthy, and if the Dodgers are healthy – They'll be fine. They got, you know, obviously uh, MVP caliber players that are not there right now. Just get them back. Or if they don't make a move, you got some serious concern. Trav, I actually want to throw this at you for a quick second. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Let's say they don't make a move, and these players that you're talking about that you mentioned, what's most important is not going to. You already have Corey Seager. You already have Mookie Betts. You already have Clayton Kershaw. Just get these guys back in. Are you comfortable with that? I mean, do you feel good about that? Because I, I, I do feel that there is not a runaway winner right now in Major League Baseball. And maybe by the trade deadline, there's everything will now kind of shift and say, okay, well, that's the favorite. No question about it. But I don't think it's out of the ordinary to say five, six, seven teams can win the World Series this year. And I feel like the Dodgers are kind of in that mix. A lot has changed since before the season started. So it's time for some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And here's the answer to that question. And this is what we were talking about before the end of the last break. Here's why I feel really good about what you just said. Here's why I still think if they do nothing at the break, if they do nothing at the deadline, if they don't acquire a starting pitcher, if they don't go out and acquire a closer, some, a closer, whatever it might be, I still think that they're in a great spot because here's, here's the fact of the matter. Other than the very beginning of the season, the Dodgers have been kind of firing on half of their cylinders at best, right? 
They they just that other than the first two weeks of the season, we're like, yep, here they go. They're going to win 110 games. They've been kind of fighting with one hand behind their back, whether it's because of injuries, whether it's because of performance, whether it's because the Padres and the Giants have played really well, and they're two games out of first place. They have the second-best record in Major League Baseball. Cody Bellinger has basically been absent the entire year. Betts has missed a good portion or not been very good. Same thing with Seager. You've had Clayton Kershaw go down. Trevor Bauer is in legal limbo. We're just waiting to see what happens with him. And you could go ahead and stick a fork in that guy. He's never coming back. That's never coming back. We'll talk about that. And they're still two. So let, let's say everybody comes back, but only half of them perform at the level that you would expect them to. That's, that's certainly worth two games. It certainly puts them on top of that division. And that's the division with the most wins in baseball, the most good teams. So, yeah, I still feel pretty – even with nothing else going down, Al, I still feel pretty good about them with the big exception of – or not an exception, but the caveat of those guys do need to come back. This group where you're having McKinley and, or McKinstry and McKinney sure. and yeah. Rayleigh and not Rex, and that's not going to work. You're going to need to get your guys back. But if you get them back, you're fine. Look, look at what Chris Taylor's doing. He's unbelievable. Sure. He had two more yesterday. It feels like he hits one in every single game. Will Smith has come up with some big home runs in the last couple of weeks. Justin Turner is still giving you quality at-bat after quality at-bat. Despite all of this and everything that's gone wrong, they're two games out of the division lead. The Gi- Everything has gone right for the Giants, and they're only two games up. If if I'll use Scherzer as the example here. If Scherzer ended up with the Giants or the Padres, would you still feel that way? That would be interesting. And and, and that's the only reason why I bring it up, because I I, I do feel like if you're the Giants and the Padres, you are aggressive. You do think that, wait a minute, maybe there is – that opening that you didn't feel like was there back in March or back in April, it's more of an opening now than I think it was three months ago. So those teams might be ultra-aggressive. And the way you kind of hesitated there, like, well, you add that person to that team – you, you get a little bit more nervous. That's why I feel like the Dodgers, um, they shouldn't just sit back. We'll see what ends up happening, but the trade deadline on Friday. Padres are the ones that really scare me. One more quick phone call here. Let's go to Chino this time. And Fernando, Fernando, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? Hey, how's it going? This is uh, Fernando and Chino. Uh, just to piggyback off what you guys just said about uh, the Dodgers needing to get uh, Scherzer uh, just to play the possession, man. Uh, if the Padres get him, dude, I think the Padres, uh, the Padres go to the World Series, to be honest. If the Padres could get Scherzer, if the Giants get Scherzer, I mean that's another scary thing. The Dodgers won't be winning the World Championship. Um, so, in order, even though everything's been going bad for the Dodgers and they're still two games out, they need to uh, take possession of uh, Scherzer or one of the better players out there just to make sure uh, the Giants don't go, get away with it. Um, that's pretty much all I have to say. Thanks, Thanks for calling in. Um, first of all, it's unlikely that Scherzer goes anywhere. It, it seems very unlikely that he moves at all. So I think that that piece doesn't scare me as much. But here, here's the thing. If he does go to – Sandy, I don't know why. Al, you tell me how you feel about this. Mm-hmm. The Padres scare me much more than the Giants. When, when the Dodgers play the Giants, we're going to get to see them do it again tomorrow. It feels like the Dodgers are better than they are. Right, it feels like the Dodgers have better players, more experience, and all this stuff. I just, I just get a good feeling about that when they play the Padres. It's like, oh boy, I, I just, it just does not feel like the Dodgers matchup. Great. The way the Padres run, in particular, they run the Dodgers ragged on the bases. That's a matchup that I don't love for the for the Dodgers, whether Scherzer comes or not to San Diego. It has more to do with star power. It has more to do with. Um, 
I think there's a aggressiveness that kind of a fearless the way the the Padres play the Dodgers they they actually really feel like they can beat them and that has something to do with too you know it's the psyche or maybe not having enough sometimes you just don't know enough you you've you've you haven't been in a position where you've been making it to the postseason five years in a row. Padres almost don't know that position or situation. I know you could say, okay, well, Machado's been there. There's other players that have been there. You, Darvish. But I almost feel that the Padres, they're not scared of the Dodgers. And they're maybe not. that's that, that's what you, when you say they scare me a little bit more, because I think the Dodgers or the Padres, they don't look at the Dodgers as, oh, my gosh, we have no shot here at all. There's your straight talk wireless. No contract, no compromise. All right. Yet another name on the top of the Laker guards that they may go after. We're going to have to add it to a long list. We'll tell you who's on the top of it right now. It's coming up next. It's Travis and Slee at 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So a couple of updates, um, Al, on my taco guy. They have, yeah. they have questions. You ready? This is from, by the way, I don't yeah. I don't blame them for I'm, if I'm a listener out there, I would want to sit with you for a half hour to kind of fully understand. I'd be taking notes too. Okay, so what did you do? How did this happen? What what's uh what's some of the comments on Twitter? These are this is a common one. This is from Orange Daddy Four, uh, who says, "Slee, does Trav con- what does Trav constitute as a halftime through the line?" Francis and Glendale says. How does one get in a taco line two or two and a half times? It's not a football pick. You either went in line two or three times. Okay. I think I could answer that. I think I could answer that for you. Give it okay. a shot. Yeah, go. I think that you know a full time in line basically means you went through the whole thing. Okay, the beans, the rice, the tacos, the quesadilla, the roll. You went all the way through. Okay, that's exactly right. You did that twice. That's exactly the right. halftime was. I'm not. I, I'm here specifically for an item or two. So then you went in. You might have skipped a couple of things. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? Listen, <laughs> you might have skipped a couple of things. Did you we might just have become even, best friends. Yep. You, you might have even cut somebody off because you said to them, "Hey, I'm not getting rice or beans. I'm just going in for the taco." Probably a little bit weird. That's what I think the halftime means. That is exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't have described it any better myself. That is exactly what happened. Um, here's Dave in San Clemente who says, when you start cornering the taco guy like you're trying to buy heroin, it's time to get some help. I mean, it's, I just wanted to know. I like, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a planner. I, I like to be prepared. And I wanted to know how long he was going to stay there. So I Are feel, you the I guy feel where you get Where you get like the... <laughs> the pre-packaged when you're going golfing or in a tournament or something like that. You know how they pre-pack, pre-package mm-hmm. the box lunch? Yeah. And it's a sandwich, a cookie, and chips? Yes. And Are you, like, going typically. back to them and saying, you know, hey, I don't like I don't like Lay's. Do you guys have Doritos? <laughs> or you got you got oatmeal raisin. You're like, anyway, I can, I can get chocolate chip. 
I hadn't, hadn't considered it, but I might start doing it now, now. Now that you brought it up as a as an option, Travis and Sleeves brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. So, stop me if I if I forget somebody. This upcoming season, the Lakers are going to have Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, um, Lonzo Ball, Bradley Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, and now you can add Buddy Heald and Ricky Rubio to the list. That makes nine guys. The Lakers they only lost Schroeder and KCP. That's all they lost. (laughs) That's all they lost. The numbers worked out. My goodness, every single guard in the NBA has been linked to the Lakers in the last two or three weeks. It's it's ridiculous. It's just so silly to me that these many uh, this many players are mentioned when, honestly, of that list of nine, maybe one or two are a realistic possibility. Well, the report yesterday, I, I thought actually this was interesting. You saw the report from Sham, uh, Sham Sharania of The Athletic mm-hmm. says that the Kings and the Lakers are in talks for a trade for Kuzma and Buddy Heald. Um let me kind of put it, put it this way, Trav. You, you actually made you made this point last week when we were talking about the concept of going after a third player. It was actually when we were talking about Russell Westbrook. And I was trying to make the argument that they need a third all-star. And, and I have my reasons for it, and we could get into that as the show progresses. But um, you said that you need shooting. You need a guy that can just be a rifle shooter that – is not afraid of the moment, can hit a lot of jumpers, high percentage from the three. You need a shooter, which, by the way, no one's going to argue that. And if what Shams is reporting, there's certain reporters, if, if you hear it from a Shams or a Woj, you really pay attention because, um, you know, you obviously know what, what their history is and their context are and everything else. If there's a trade to be had, Trav, where the Lakers got Buddy healed and Kuzma's the center of the deal for the Lakers – Tell me what what are we doing? I mean, do I do you want to go? If you drive Kuz up, I'll go up first and grab Buddy Hill down. You know, tell me what what the details are details are in making that happen. I, I heard KCP would be a part of that deal as well. Fine. So you know, KCP, a nice player for the Lakers. But those are those are kind of all no brainers. And, and I I think the question you start asking yourself is, okay, well. Why would you do it if you're the Sacramento Kings? Are you just trying to get rid of that? Is he not happy up there? Do you feel like you got, you know, more assets that you can bring up there? But I, I don't, I don't, I don't even, you know, find myself zero hesitation. I don't think many people would about uh, trying to figure out that portion of making it happen for the Lakers. No, that one seems really easy. Like you said, I'll, I'll drive. You can, you can pick them up and come back. They can control the radio. I won't say a word. I'll be the best Uber driver they've ever had. We'll, we'll, we'll do it in style. Um. But to your point, why why would Sacramento want to do that? Why would Sac? Because to me, looking at it at the surface, it just feels like Sacramento gets a lot worse in that deal, and they're not very good to begin with. It healed is one of the few pieces they have that you probably feel pretty good about. Kyle Kuzma doesn't make them a better team, you know. KCP doesn't make them a better team, so I don't I don't know what's in it for them, and, and that's that's what I mean. Every every time we get one of these Laker deals that comes up, I say, okay, that sounds really good for the Lakers, but why would the other guy want to do that? Here's here's what it could be. And by the way, you heard yesterday Woj and uh, Adrian Wojnarowski and Zach Lowe did kind of a special free agency type of uh, uh, show. And you heard actually Woj say that Casey, he's heard KCP and Kyle Kuzma brought up to brought up in multiple deals with other teams. So the Lakers obviously trying to use their assets that they have, trying to you know figure out a way to improve that. Let, let's just say 
I don't think the Lakers are coming back with the same roster, and I think all signs are pointing towards that, that they don't feel that just coming back with the same team is good enough to go win an NBA championship. Um, but I, I just kind of play off that the Kuzma and the KCP front, Sacramento's gone nowhere. Uh, maybe they think, hey, we can get two position players. We can get two guys that have won an NBA championship. Maybe it's more of a locker room thing. Buddy Hield hasn't always clicked up there. That's the only thing that I could think of. But if you're the Lakers, again, if, if that's something that's got some meat to it. By the way, Trav, if you can go get that shooter that you're talking about with Buddy Hield, maybe then if Dennis Schroeder is one of those players that uh, – has to stay with the Lakers or they figure out a contract situation. Your roster is better if you have Buddy Heald and you keep those guys from last year. Let's try one very quick phone call right here. Let's go to Arcadia and Oscar. Oscar, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? Hey, hi, guys. Hope you guys have a nice weekend. You uh, Thanks, Oscar. Listen, uh, yeah, thanks. Hey, Travis, I started laughing once you mentioned uh, the Rubens and Cocos. Remember, I'm from Arcadia. You're talking about the one in the corner of Michelinda in Colorado. Exactly. I know you close to that, right? Exactly. Oh, my gosh. You're so <laughs> right. So we go to Coco's. It's like a Mary Callender's, you know, something like that. And then they have a little hallway, and you walk in through Rubens. It's kind of dark, you know. You see a lot of older people, and they're waiting for the club to start. It's kind of weird. And it was super about, weird. Like, oh, yeah. No, no, I'll make it even more weird. One Thanksgiving, my mom and dad decided, you know what, let's change it up. Let's not have Thanksgiving here. We went to Rubens. Sure. For no, I get it. I go, you're I get killing it. me. But then, so we sit there. The waitress, she's all you know, uh, dressed up, older ladies, all fixed up with long nails. And all. I think she was waiting for the club to start. <laughs> Thanksgiving. That was too weird. But you just brought the memories back, Travis. Thank you for that. You got it, Oscar. No, it was Al. I want you to imagine you walk, you're, you're having – dinner at a coffee shop and then you walk down a hallway and you walk into like some suburban version of studio 54 (laughs) that's what it was can you hear the music from where you're sitting oddly no you need you they had like one of those heavy bar doors that you have to go through to get in so you couldn't hear the music but it was there were no windows to the outside or they were tinted it was it was the weirdest damn setup ever okay one more question um how late was the restaurant open? Because would you go to the other side, people eat or people drink or whatever? Now they'll end up at a Denny's or something. Do they just walk down the hallway and then they start ordering eggs and toast? It's a great question. Keep in mind, I was like 13 when this place was. So I'm not quite sure that I thought it through like that. But yeah, as far as I can tell, that was an option that you could get it done. Had to wait two full days, Al, but it's finally here. Ask Slee is coming up next. It's Travis and Slee with 710 ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, so we'll get to Ashley in just one second. I just want to read this. this. is a tweet from John Morosi, who covers Major League Baseball, very plugged-in guy, that the Twins are discussing Jose Barrios with both the Dodgers and the Padres. So that's kind of that two-for-one deal that you were talking about, right, Al? Yeah, that, that's the I – mean, just kind of pay attention to that. If the Padres, just as an example, were to get a player like that, okay, the Dodgers didn't get him, that's one thing, but now you have – 
somebody that you could very, very well face um, just through the stretch of the season, but also obviously potentially in the postseason. So that, that's, that's I think, some of the danger with the Dodgers. You, yes, you have a good enough team as is. They just all got to be healthy. But other teams think that there's an opportunity, and obviously the, Do- or the Padres and the Giants feel like they got a shot. All right, here's Ryan with our first Ask Slee. In honor of my late father's birthday, has Slee ever uttered the phrase, better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it? <laughs> not enough. Not enough. I, I, that needs to get thrown into the repertoire there. Unfortunately, it does not. Trav, I could see you at home. I could see you like in the garage or something and, and uh-huh. you know, having extra this and extra that and telling your kids and them all kind of walking away like it's, it's why dad it's, it's why dad's organized. This I is why dad you, is who he is. When Ryan sent that this morning, I tweeted back at him, I bet you I say that to my kids at least five times a week. At least five times a week. And in particular when we're going to baseball practice. Hey, you think I better to need it or better to have it and not need it than to need it and not okay fine i'll put it in the bag every single day so you're not wrong there Ooh, let's do this let's uh let's do a phone ask slee okay let's go to francis in glendale francis you are on with travis and slee hey party people uh quick question for slee what does slee hate more my la clippers having any sort of success or eating dinner after the sun has gone down. Mm. <laughs> Francis, by the way, we owe you. Uh, we owe Francis. Next time we ever do any event, Francis has got to come to it. All right. I still yes. kind of feel bad. Francis and Glendale wasn't a part of it. Um, hate the Clippers more or eating when after the sun goes down. This is actually closer than I thought because I don't know about you, Trev. When you have that late night, you know decide at 11.30 at night, hey, let's just go ahead and eat like it's Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. And then you wake up the next morning, and you're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you this is is this the guy that you're going to be? It, it's um, a food hangover. Instead of alcohol, it's just carbs and fat. <laughs> yeah. I would rather have that feeling than the Clippers having success. <laughs> I totally so I, agree. I hope, Francis, uh, <laughs> I can deal with that. I That kind of goes away after a couple of hours. Uh, the Clippers <laughs> – Beating the Utah Jazz or something along those lines. That one, that one hurt more. All right, here comes John. John says, ooh, I like this one. What are your casual shoes for the weekends? Vans, Nike Monarchs, Osiris <laughs> Boats? Please confirm, hashtag Ask Slee. What, what are the casual uh, weekends? Casual, flip-flops? I mean, what, it, should works. we be wearing anything else? Just kind of for, for casual, we got nothing going on, flip-flops. Flip-flops, okay, let, let's say you're going to a party, but it's a casual party. You still going flip-flops, or are you going to put on something no, no, a no. little bit no, more? No, I'll, I'll put on shoes. I'll, I'll put on either Vans? No, definitely nice not. Nike Vans, slip-ons? Yeah. What, are we, what, are we t- what are we talking about? Uh, I'll throw on some boots. You know, I got okay. some kind of more casual, worn down, been wearing them for two years, probably should have been thrown away a little while ago. Uh, wear some boots, maybe throw on some sneakers, you know. All right, here's it. another one. This is from Walk Off, and Walk Off says, would you rather be shot in the arm or stabbed in the leg? I don't understand <laughs> these. Is that the same guy that does these? Yes. It's the same guy? They're, they're always where you're getting maimed in some capacity or another. You're either losing an arm or a leg or you're blind or you're deaf or now in this okay, case, so, shot in the arm or stabbed in the leg. So, but is that his thing? When he comes, okay. All right. Let's get eyes on this guy. Just making sure that he's not following Slee around somewhere. Yeah, yeah. A little, uh, little concerned with that one. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and take a, take a, take a shot. 
Uh, I'll take a. I'd rather get shot in the really? arm than, bro. I can't do a knife like a, a knife. <laughs> but like, a knife feels like a couple of stitches and you're back at it. A, a shot in the arm. I mean, it could blow your shoulder off. It seems aggressive. It seems like it would just happen so quick. My body wouldn't react to it. The <laughs> knife. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm going to go with the shot. I'm going to stay yeah, with the, I, the shot. I, I, I don't think that you're wrong. I think that that might be the right answer. All right. Drew in L.A. Uh, <laughs> does Corey Seager look like the kid in the neighborhood that always threatens to get his older brother? <laughs> Hashtag ask sleep. <laughs> no, I got I got more respect for Seager. Seager looks like a guy that says, you know what, let's just, if we got to go, we got to go. Don't let me get. Don't make me go get Kyle. He plays for the Mariners, you know. I'll go get him right now. He's he's right over there. I'll don't leave me alone, Kyle. Kyle, they're picking on me again. <laughs> I don't know. Kind of looks like it. Seeger, um, I didn't know you had a Seeger voice, but your Seeger voice was very much your voice. <laughs> I Not really much change there. So here's the thing: Cor- yeah. Corey Seeger doesn't say much, right? How many times have you ever seen Corey Seeger interviewed? Very infrequently. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say much at all. So I'm thinking that I feel like he'd have a. A Travis voice. I feel like that could happen. You know, we'll never know, I guess, right? All right, here's that, one that, more. That quiet guy in the neighborhood, that's the one that could uh, could be the dangerous guy. That could be the guy <laughs> that says, if something goes down, I'm, I'm going down with the ship. Big John writes, I'm not sure if today is an ass slee day. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, John. That's your ass slee days. But I was wondering, when Slee was a ping pong hustler, did he have a jewel-encrusted case for his paddles, and were there groupies? And did you have a walk-up song as you approached the table? Very good question. All those are good questions. When I was 17 years old and I was hustling 8-year-olds and 9-year-olds at the local Kennedy <laughs> Recreation Center in El Cajon, um, no, doesn't matter the paddle. Give me any paddle. You know, that's how I was walking up to that thing. So – all the rec centers that I've ever been to, the equipment yeah. is usually kind of beat up, right? Oh, so- just demolished. Except the, the guy who ran the place, I remember he used to – he had like a paddle in his drawer. So like <laughs> it was it his. Never, it, it was his. It never <laughs> right. got used. And I'm like, every time you know we'd go – we'd play each other. It's like I'm at a disadvantage right out the gate. This guy brings his own paddle as if we're, uh, as if we're in the Olympics. Were you like Roy Hobbs and you found a tree that was struck by lightning and you formed your own paddle out of the wood from the uh, lightning-struck tree then etched a Sliwa boy on the side of it? <laughs> I was I was using cracked ping pong balls as an as an advantage. I was using the the net kind of slacking to my advantage as well. Any advantage you can get, Trev. Perfect. John writes: When it rains in L.A., you do you use an umbrella or do you just use a hoodie like a real OG? Hashtag Ask Slee. God dang it! I think I use an umbrella. I use Are an umbrella. Really? Well, here's the thing: If we're walking, because this is when we use the umbrella. LA Live. Remember where uh-huh. we would park and it's sure. pouring rain and you got to go through that little. You got to use an umbrella between like the hotel it, and the Microsoft Theater. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not wearing a hoodie as I'm coming into work. Now, if I'm going for a walk outside and it's like I don't have to be anywhere, or look anything, a hoodie will definitely get the job done. So I did. Uh, Do you ever the get hoodie. the umbrella when we when you have that wind tunnel there and where it just turns it inside out? Unbelievable! It, I, I look like such an idiot, and I, it happens every time. Tell me if this is just me. Maybe this is yeah. just me being insecure in my own deal. I always feel a little dainty when I'm carrying an umbrella. I always feel a little. I bit, get it. Like you know, it's just it's just water. You, you could get wet for five minutes. It's not going to kill you. I feel like I'm acting a little special when I break open the umbrella, but I do. I am an umbrella guy. Well, I'm with you on the. You just feel a certain way. 
right? <laughs> and then like walking next to you could be a kid without an umbrella. And I'm like, what are you doing, Al? What are you doing? <laughs> All right, one more. This is this is good for a variety. I like the question, and I like that it's a new name. This is from Mikey Sath. Mikey writes, hashtag Ask Slee. Men's room is occupied. You've got to go. An elderly lady is 20 feet away heading towards the women's restroom, but again, you've really got to go. Yeah. Are you cutting the old lady and using the women's restroom? Got to wait. Got to wait, buddy. You just got to wait. Uh, you know, you'll figure it out. Everything will be fine. You just got to wait your turn. Nothing you could do. That's the wrong decision because sometimes you don't have time to wait. Sometimes it's not up to you. Sometimes the body gives you that 30-second warning like, hey, you it's got about true, 30 but I seconds. Can't, I can't do the walking out of the restroom and she's waiting there. Like, I can't do that. I've done it. I don't know if I've ever jumped the line in front of a waiting lady, but I've gone into that one more than once and come. And when I'm on my way out, it's like, I'm really sorry. It was an emergency. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then just very quickly head for if the there's, door. If there's nobody there and nobody's waiting, that's one thing. But if – no, I can't do it. I just can't yeah. do it. We were were so close with the taco thing, and now we're on opposite ends of the spectrum again. All right, more on the Lakers and what they need to do. We're going to talk about just the simplest thing in the world, Al. Is there enough talent on this Laker roster? That's coming up next. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN.